deep in London's beating heart lies a wall. I'd like to it be if you know the call. For if the wall steps aside, be not afraid of what you see. Cause the wizard world has opened up as has the Griffin's dream. Hello everyone and welcome to the Shrieking Shack. This is a Harry Potter reread podcast for lapsed fans. I am your host ZC. And I'm Liz. And Liz, you know, we talked about it on the bonus episode, but for those of you just joining us, I've got a fancy new microphone. Yeah, it sounds so good. And I'm and I now I'm going to need to buy a fancy new microphone. Are do you have microphone jealousy now? You're like, ooh, their yeah. microphone sounds good. Well, yeah, and and also just, you know, when we both have um, you know, a fancy new microphone, we can really um, like, I'm not saying we don't sound like a podcast because mm-hmm. that's not true. We certainly do. And I, yeah. and I think like so far, like our quality has been, has been pretty high for a relatively new podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, however, there is a podcast quality that I feel like we could achieve. And I don't mean quality as in like good quality. I mean, like a, a an essence that I mm-hmm. think a lot of podcasts have that we could finally hit. There's that NPR sound. Right. Uh, you can get. <laughs> um, I, you know, this microphone is very nice, but it's also making me realize how echoey this recording space is. So I was like on line today looking like, should I get some of those like, like recording foam things to put on mm. the walls? Thinking about going all out here. Um, Especially if we're going to be doing like video game content, it's like, ooh, we need we need the full we need the full streamer setup so we can we can shout about their Harry Potter PS One games. Yeah, uh, that's that's very exciting. Um, do you think? Um, I don't really know much about about kind of audio engineering, but do you think when you order that uh, kind of room foam, we could get a two pack mm-hmm. and I could give one of them to my neighbor with the loud bass? <laughs> Well, the one, yeah, because the one, the ones that I'm looking at come in like packs of 16 or 32, like squares, like square foot, uh, uh, like foam uh, pads. So maybe <laughs> Just a little, a little gift, a oh. little um, Christmas in July for my, for, for my neighbor with the loud bass. <laughs> yeah, that'd be perfect. Or, you know, just, just uh, like a, like a secret Santa, like who's left this beautiful foam uh, on my doorstep? Well, right. I guess I'll put it up behind my subwoofer and stop uh, stop rattling the walls with my uh, Glitch Mob Seven Nation Army remix. Right, day. absolutely. You know, and this is this is going to probably be an ongoing saga. But but my 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 fun update is is that um, w- w- you know we have gone over and tried to tell them like, hey, can you turn your bass down? Mm-hmm. Um, to which they said. Uh, they were perfectly nice, but said no. Um, and <laughs> like, uh, no, no, I'm not going to do that. Ah. Um, I was under the impression that maybe they had like a really nice audio setup or something. Mm. Um, that appears to not be the case. They oh, appear no. to be streaming their music from their phone into one big loudspeaker that's <sighs> in the middle of their room that's and, fantastic. Is, and is rattling all of my furniture uh, for 12 hours a day. That's that's great. That's just beautiful. So, so that's kind of that's kind of a podcasting obstacle a little bit, which is why we're recording a little bit earlier in the day, trying to uh, yes. be the early bird this morning. We're, we're recording earlier. We're considering shuffling our recording days around so uh, you are not haunted by the specter of uh, Jack White every uh Right, uh, every right. Like have to, have to get the recording out of the way before the Seven Nation Army wakes up. <laughs> 
<laughs> that is just horrible. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm so sorry about that situation. Um, but, uh, you know, music, music is, uh, 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 something that's important to people. It can, um, uh, you know, excite us and thrill us. And, uh, mm. uh, you know, some people like music and some people like to be thrilled by roller coasters. That's true. Um, I've, I can't believe how long this roller coaster news cycle has been. It's, do it's all, been a roller coaster. Do all news cycles for roller coasters, are they all like this? Or is I, this just a, a Harry Potter special? Is this new? Okay, because I've, I've been noticing this too, because the um, Star Wars theme park has also had like this crazy long news cycle associated with it. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm not saying I'm not out here saying like, oh, that's dumb. And, you know, like no one should care about it. But I'm surprised how like how much it's hitting like mainstream news sources, you know, like right. this, isn't, this isn't on like coasternerd.com or something. <laughs> right. Like like this isn't this isn't hitting the the like theme park enthusiast board. I mean, I'm sure it is. But like like I'm seeing like CNN and uh like like, you know bbc reports about like hey there's a hagrid roller coaster coming and that, that's been very surreal i don't know whether it's just because like because i'm a, more aware of like harry potter and star wars if like that's just why i'm uh you know like being it's more visible to me or or what but it is it is something i've noticed for sure yeah yeah i can't quite tell but it looks like they got um a some of the some of the stars from the movies to open up the roller coaster they really did they got um uh, ivana lynch who i think at this point her whole career is uh just seems to be opening harry potter things she did the pottermore event she did the um the overmorning um she yeah, did the, the, the horrible overmorning presentation that haunts yeah. me to this day ah <sighs> yeah the one where she like read all of the like racial stereotypes off that piece of paper that jk sent her like a cult leader like yeah read this it's letter like we, to my we got audience. we got word from our leader um yeah. here here's my here's my missive to to tell to tell the cult <laughs> yeah um but yeah it's a, there was a very so there was a very enthusiastic announcer who was like sort of the mc for this event i was watching this because um like you know leaky cauldron and MuggleNet and like a few other fan sites like had people there we probably could have been invited to this i'm actually bummed we should have sent out some emails saying like hey we're a harry potter news outlet yes uh, i cannot i cannot ride the roller coaster though <laughs> i cannot i certainly will not um we just know we just want to go there and see the stars uh sure i'll see the stars i'll see the stars ride the roller coaster i will not get on the roller coaster but uh, there was this very enthusiastic mc who was uh hosting the entire thing so she introduced like ivana lynch warwick davis was there and there was this amazing video going around of her like going like wait a minute what's that and like her best like 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 the in the way that like uh, like i don't know like a like a um uh, uh an elf at the mall says that uh, santa is ready to see a kid right like oh oh i think i think i hear the sleigh bells coming i think <laughs> santa's ready to to see you um and then like like the uh irish music from the fourth movie started playing and a car pulled up with uh ron and draco in it it was uh, uh, uh rupert grint and tom felton and i look i i don't like i i, I we we have joked about tom felton on here a lot i want to stress 
I don't think it's good to to be mean about people's appearance. I'm just kind of worried about him at this point. You know, he looked not to get he like not okay, not doing so hot. Maybe he'd just been on a maybe he'd just been a few like on a few rounds of the roller coaster. He's a little bit windswept. (laughs) He's he's just been up all night recording cameos for all of his fans. Right. Yeah, that's uh, exhausting. And then he went on a few rounds of the roller coaster, kind of rolled in the mud next to the blast ended screw, <laughs> just like really getting well, into it. Remember, remember when they announced the roller coaster with that video of him like walking out of the fake woods? Maybe yeah, he's, he's just, been living in there. He's, he's been in there the whole time. <laughs> he's just been chilling out in this like little like, you know, 16 square foot patch of, <laughs> of forest. They're like, Tom, you, you can't, you know, you, you got to do you want us to call you a cab like what's what's going on he's like no this is my home now i live right yeah there's so many garbage cans for me to record cameos in around the studio exactly i i mean that's that is what it looks like he's living he's living in the forest um i mean the fake studio forest and and i just like i'm half expect like the thing is is like his cameos just look like he's gonna like round the corner and there's going to be like a a, like a comical like like video game um steel drum with fire in it was like (laughs) warming his hands over it as he records his cameos Rupert is is charming and wonderful as always. I was very happy to see him there. Yeah, Rupert Rupert is a is a delight. Um, I'm a, I'm a big fan of his appearances whenever he shows up. Uh, and then um, the reviews of the coaster seem pretty good. Like people are people are that's, into it. That's very meaningless to me. <laughs> I know. Like 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 I I I'm I know nothing about like I enjoy them, but I'm not like a I'm not a coaster head or whatever. Um, but uh, it is it is interesting seeing the like, uh, you know, again, like I was saying earlier, how weird it is to see like all the mainstream outlets covering this thing. Like I'm just seeing like rave reviews of this thing all over the place. People going like, this is the best coaster at Universal. We love, love the so coaster. Much. We love that's, the coaster. Well, that's great news. I'm I'm very happy for people. I think it looks really charming. All of the yeah. all of the like surrounding stuff. I'm still very smitten with the blast ended screw. I love I think, the screw. I think the screw is so cute. Um, you know, and maybe you'll catch a glimpse of Tom Felton in his, in the forest where he lives. <laughs> that's not an animatronic. That's just Tom. <laughs> he's living he's living like under the coat he like yeah he like sighs and like you know warms rubs his hands over this like meager little fire as the as the uh the tracks above him start to rattle again he's like ah the the coaster is firing up for the day right i mean that's a great that's a you know you buy your cameo from tom felton and you're like i can't hear what he's saying there's like there's that rumbling (laughs) as the coaster passes by you need to get a partial (laughs) refund from cameo If you if you can um if you like time it right and you're uh, you're on the roller coaster and you like throw him some coins as you pass by he will actually just record a a cameo for you then and there. Uh, oh yeah, they get g- they give it to you in, at the end of the ride. Cause... Right, like like when you get off Splash Mountain and they're like, "Here's your photo." It's like, "Here's your cameo that, that Tom Felton recorded because you because he threw him a couple of bucks." That's that's really um that's an innovative roller coaster roller coaster edition yeah i don't think a, any any other ride has done that uh, the first time you know the the, the first time a, a roller coaster has had like a resident artist or like a poet laureate they just have uh tom felton living in the woods underneath the roller coaster that's that's beautiful good for him my favorite detail uh from all of the coaster news is there's a shirt that i like desperately need if any of our listeners 
can are, are are there are going to this thing ever please send me this shirt that they have which is <laughs> like okay so it's like a painting of hagrid riding a motorcycle out of hogwarts and then the other like 90 percent of the rest of the shirt is in giant letters hagrid's magical creatures motorbike adventure like it is just <laughs> the name the name of the roller coaster in fucking gigantic letters it looks like a full paragraph the way they've got it formatted uh and i need i really need that that's that's wonderful. Um, I'm I'm envisioning our our live show outfits because if if you get that, I'm going to have to buy the knockoff um, Snape shop merchandise that has a silhouette oh, mm -hmm. of um, of Rickman. Snape that says R.I.P. I just noticed I've been like looking at this like really high res photo of these shirts, and I just noticed that the apostrophe in Hagrid's is his umbrella. They really went all out with this logo design. That yeah, just they're really into it. Do you think they called it magical creatures because they're like, okay, we need something that's like fantastic beasts here. Like we need people to associate this with fantastic beasts. Magical creatures needs to be on there. Why is it not just Hagrid's yes. motorbike adventure? I, I, ha I have to assume that's why. It's like but, we, but the, the, the opportunities that they have to push the, the fantastic beasts branding mm. i feel like they always miss on and then the places where they shouldn't be pushing it they right. like do so so it just like i can't i can't make heads or tails of their of their marketing strategy because i'm still i'm still baffled by the wizards unite thing like i don't know why <laughs> yeah. i don't know why that's not just reskin pokemon go with magical creatures right yeah speaking of uh, <clears throat> uh of uh, uh wizards unite I was fairly convinced that this was a, a marketing strategy, but now I'm not so sure now that the, the, the news has continued. But uh, uh, many people sent, sent us this. Uh, thank you. Uh, we, we're always looking on the lookout for Dobby news. But uh, you know what we're talking about, the, um, the security footage of, uh, of uh, what looks like a house elf dancing around in front of a car uh, that was going, going viral this week. Yeah, um, so I have taken the bold strategy um, of doing no research whatsoever. Um, so I don't <laughs> know. I don't know who the like original poster was, um, and I really don't know what to make of this. I was definitely on board. Like it is certainly in the style of um, the marketing videos for Wizards Unite that have been going around. Um, yes, and, and honestly, if it was, I, I'm like, oh, that's actually like i gotta give him credit for going viral like i I, yeah. I mean obviously dobby if dobby is trending anywhere it will definitely be showing <laughs> trending for me uh -huh. um but i was like wow they they did it um but there's like this part where it's like you kind of have to say what your thing is right like yeah. if you if you do that yeah. And it didn't seem to happen. Like there was no like, haha, that was us. Yeah, they didn't no release one... like a full ad with their branding or anything after the <laughs> after the sensation. So JK so Rowling did not record a video in a, in, a, in a cave in Afghanistan, going like, ah, I'm claiming credit for the for the dastardly Dobby video. Right, right. So so do you do you think it is a tie-in or do you think it's really Dobby? Those are no, the only I, those are the only options. That's, the only, that's <laughs> my only choices. No, it's um the the. The news, uh, the local news, like from the city that this was from, did a an interview with the woman who posted it, Vivian Gomez. Um, oh, you, you did know. research. I, I see. did research. I did research. <laughs> uh, uh, Vivian Gomez uh, has, and and I'm glad I did research because these details are kind of spooky. Um, 
her kid is named Bobby. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, he is uh, like, there's, you know, they, they had like, they were showing like this family photo on screen and like the news anchors were like, you know, could it have been, you know, nine-year-old Bobby goofing around? <laughs> and you, you see this amazing photo of like the family in the car and this like kid just has this complete shit eating grin on his face. And you're like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. it was the kid. One hundred percent. It was the kid. You know, like you, you look at the video and it's like, uh, yeah, this is a, this is a skinny nine year old wearing flip flops, doing a goofy walk, uh, wearing a wearing like a funny hat or something like it, it was Bobby the house elf, Bobby the house elf. Um, uh, so that kid's a hero, first of all. But uh, she also like. Like, like they bring this up. They're like, could it have been Bobby? And she's like, no, it was not. It was definitely an alien or whatever. <laughs> like, so this story might continue. I wonder if, if like she'll double down on this. Um, That's very funny. It, it did look uncannily like a house elf. It really from, did. From the movies, which is pretty, it is if it was bobby which it sounds like it probably was that's uh like a pretty weird uh you know accidental oh oh you made it you made a house elf video yeah uh-huh. which is pretty cool i guess yeah well done bobby yeah well done bobby you have a, a future in uh in, in special effects maybe that would be kind of cool um but yeah it was very funny i i very much appreciated everyone uh, uh, uh sending us that um uh, but uh unfortunately it looks like we were all wrong and it uh you know it was not viral marketing i'm sure it did not hurt uh yeah maybe sure. you all know about this game now <laughs> Fuck, now see like now i'm the <laughs> fool right like like for for saying like oh i bet this is marketing like i've now put yeah. that idea into this heads i have done the advertising for free so warner brothers uh send me a check i've done your dirty work for you on accident right uh, right uh, which is a little fucked up and I, I i don't know how to feel about that yeah you're you're building hype for this game that's what we're doing here <laughs> that's horrible i the, can't believe the hype this. is building shit fuck i can't believe i did this uh and uh finally um i had to choose i couldn't do both of these uh i i i, I could just didn't have the heart to do both of these because uh one is trevor noah related and the other is beto o'rourke related <sighs> Oof, right? Oof, ouch, oof. Oof, my bones. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, I, I, I'm going with Beto here. Uh, Stephen Colbert drills Beto O'Rourke on Harry Potter on, on The Late Show. He asked. Oh, I'm, it's just like that scene in Prisoner of Azkaban uh, where Sirius's soul is leaving his body and I, I can fit, I see my, I see my soul uh, starting to float out the top of my head. <laughs> just like in Prisoner of Azkaban, Harry Potter. right. right. Uh, on the question of whether Harry Potter's Hermione Granger should have ended up with Harry Potter instead of Ron Weasley, O'Rourke simply said yes. They so, asked him shipping questions. They asked they got, him they got, fucking <laughs> They got shipping. him involved in the shipping wars from uh, 10 years ago. <laughs> they, yeah, I. so I now demand that this is a, <laughs> that this is a, de- a debates question. Like this, <laughs> This this like you now need to ask all of these all of these dipshit presidential candidates what they think of uh, of Harry Potter shipping uh, 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 opinions and, and hell and... why stop there just have all your questions be Harry Potter related have it just in touch <laughs> oh, to mm. tonight on someone, Fox News it's the oh, hypothetical Harry Potter debate that. someone would fucking do that there was 
God, that that some some <laughs> fucker would definitely tweet that. That is, I feel it in my bones. The same people who tweet that insane shit, like the someone should write a YA novel about a about a a, a, a Mexican kid in an internment camp meeting the ghost of a Japanese kid from an internment. Like 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 pe- people just just saying the dumbest most callous shit because they can only view politics through the lens of pop culture there would definitely be someone who's like all right listen up it's game theory time (laughs) thread one out of 97 you want to know how to pick the best presidential candidate ask them harry potter trivia like like that was that like someone is going to do that and I'm gonna fucking die. Like, like yeah. that. that ugh, oof, oof! I can see it too vividly. This is too real to me. I can't. Yeah, my, I can't my soul is this. all all the way across all the, the way room, like too. in like ah, in Harry Potter, goes. Prisoner oh. of Azkaban. Yeah, this is a nightmare in the making. That, that just like my um uh uh uh, uh fucking um uh, just like my marketing uh guilt here for accidentally doing the marketing uh for for Wizards <laughs> Unite, I am now terrified that I have um. Uh, unleashed a horrible Twitter thread that we're all going to have to see. Yeah, we, we seem to have some sort of power on this show. Um, although we weren't able to summon um, the Harry Potter AAA game into existence at E3 this year. No, yeah, I'm so... What's going on with that? That's so weird. That's kind of an unnews item. Y- yeah, non-news, uh, a lack of news, news void. Right. I just I was really thinking that we were going to summon it into existence. Um, yeah, and that, that didn't happen. Well, you know, we we weren't invited to E3 this year. So maybe that's a, a tip off. Right. Because we would have been invited to E3. I mean, we'll be there, the presenters, sure. I assume. Oh, that'd be great. We could just come out on stage and be like, hello, gamers. How are y'all Woo. doing? Woo. And then I and then I can put my my R.I.P. Snape shirt under a blazer. Oh, and then you, yeah, you 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 tear the blazer off, and then everyone goes fucking ape shit. There's there's uh, and then we introduce who, who, okay because they got Keanu Reeves at E three this year. Who which which Harry Potter actor? We actually we didn't uh, invite him, but Tom <laughs> Felton runs onto the stage. Is like I'm here too. Tom ah. Felton is here. Um, uh, he can't stay long. He has to get back to his home in the woods. Um, but it's always nice to have a vacation. Um, so yeah, no, no. I, I think we could probably pay his, his cameo rate and have him have him show up at E three. What if we? What if we just pay Tom Felton to record a cameo instead of like bringing him to E three? We're just like, hey, can you can you uh, 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 send us a, a, a cameo uh, addressed to E three? Like, hello, my name is E3. And like, hello, E3, I heard it's your birthday. This is Tom Felton. Uh, <laughs> Perfect. I hope your game announcement goes well. And uh, see you later. Oh, that'd be, yeah, that's that's how we'll do it. Well, we, yeah, we, that's how we get invited, too, because we pitch this WB. I'm like, look, we're going to show up. We're going to give, we're, we're not only are we going to give, you know, 100%, uh, we're going to come in under budget here. Because it's just going to be three hundred bucks or whatever it is for the cameo, and like other than that, three hundred and thirty-three dollars <laughs> down from four hundred and forty-four. That's not, the budget. Uh, yeah, not four hundred and forty-four dollars anymore for uh, sure. Uh, well, you know, cost of living is a lot less in the um, WB Studio Forest. <laughs> in the well, yeah, he has he has facilities there, so he doesn't, need to, <laughs> doesn't need to pay for those anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, that's our news. 
that's our news. Uh, how about we get into our reading for the week? Yeah, let's do it. Um, we have quite a bit of stuff, although I guess not as much stuff as, as last week. This week we read chapter 22, which is entitled St. Mungo's Hospital for Magical Maladies and Injuries. Uh, we are we are just jumping right back in after Harry had his dream last week, um, the dream that was a, a vision uh, of Arthur Weasley being attacked by a snake where Harry was looking through the snake's perspective. Um, McGonagall uh, takes Harry and Ron to Dumbledore's office uh, and Dumbledore, Harry's like disappointed to find out that Dumbledore is still going to just like completely avoid making eye contact with him. Uh, Harry kind of tells, tells his story. Uh, Dumbledore does ask specifically if Harry um, was a bystander in the vision. Um, and Harry has to kind of admit in front of Ron that, that he, he was the snake in the vision. Um, and, and he felt what the snake was feeling. And, and Dumbledore kind of did his like, does his like kind of mysterious routine, like, ah, I see. Um, he sends Fox to deliver uh, a mysterious message or like stand guard or something. So Fox like, teleports away to do that um and then Dumbledore takes out like a weird instrument tube vial thing um and it makes a like smoke snake and Dumbledore like looks at it and like kind of talks to it he's doing the whole mysterious wizard routine and and says says the words but in essence divided it's very mysterious um uh, Dumbledore also sends the portraits of the the headmasters to to go find Arthur Weasley, uh, kind of in the meantime. Uh, and one of the portraits, um, or rather the headmasters in the portraits, comes back and and says like, "Yep, we fa- we found him. He looks real bad. He's covered in blood, but uh, we're having him uh, transferred to the hospital." Dumbledore at this point sends McGonagall to go wake up the other Weasley children, um, and he sends. Uh, the headmaster Phineas, uh, I can't remember his last name, um, to ask Sirius if they can go to go uh, to Grimald Place in the meantime. Harry does eventually manage to make eye contact with Dumbledore and has just like a flash of the same kind of murderous, evil feeling uh, that he did from the dream. Like he was so angry and had a moment where he's like, I want to kill Dumbledore. Um, I think it's at this point that we kind of find out that Fox was sent to to watch Umbridge uh, and Dumbledore, or at least that's what's implied, and says like, oh, she's awake and knows they're out of bed. So he quickly makes a port key for them and um, t- and uh, they teleport over to, to Grimmauld Place. Um, but they have to wait around uh, until Molly gets to the hospital because there's no way that they could have known that he was injured. Uh, and so if they had gone directly to the hospital, it would have given away that Harry was having having visions of some kind and it would have uh, compromised the order. Um, Fred and George kind of get into an argument about Sirius um, or with Sirius about that, um, who says, like, your dad wouldn't want you to, to compromise the order. And they kind of have a back and forth about that. Um, they stay up all night and they drink some butterbeer and are very worried. Um, Harry's feeling guilty because he saw the vision through the perspective of the snake. Um, But they finally get word from Molly. Um, Arthur is still alive. uh, And then later she arrives to say he's going to be okay. And it's like huge relief. Um, Harry does have a private conversation with Sirius where he um, tells Sirius that he saw, he saw the vision uh, through the snake and also says to Sirius, you know, I I think I'm going crazy. I looked at Dumbledore and felt that same feeling. Um, Sirius is just kind of, bracing and says you know it's probably nothing you're probably just stressed um they travel to saint mungo's um we 
kind of find out where it is, which is like an, uh, an old abandoned department store where you kind of talk to the mannequins and they and they let you in. Uh, one we also uh, see one of the uh, portrait frames. So Dumbledore, uh, we're kind of getting the idea that all of the headmaster portraits like have other frames in other places and can kind of travel around and give information to spymaster Dumbledore. Um, they do meet up with Arthur, who is who's looking well. He's saying, you know, he got a got a nasty bite, uh, but and it won't stop bleeding. But he's going to be okay. And you know, he's sitting up and reading and and talking. Um, Friend George try to figure out what he was doing, uh, and he won't tell them, and just kind of goes on about work. Uh, they do leave. Uh, the kids leave, leaving Moody, Molly, and Arthur there to talk. Uh, and so all the kids use extendable ears to to eavesdrop on their conversation. And as they eavesdrop, uh, they hear them discussing whether or not Harry, or, or rather speculating that because Harry had the vision, like, is he being possessed by Voldemort? Uh, and that's kind of the big reveal right there at the end. And that's the end of the chapter. I'm rubbing my hands like a little like a little devil here. A little oh, goblin. Because yeah? Oh, yeah? this this chapter is 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 just a treasure trove of uh uh dumb world building questions for me to ask because now it, the book it sure is huh because now the book is serious now the stories are serious but we're getting like a weird oddly whimsical uh uh like m- magic heavy chapter and like this is like, but this is like, no, you can't do like the genie's out of the bottle. You can't do this anymore. Uh, there's so many things here that have me just asking dumb questions that I guess there are only dumb answers to. But it, but it it kind of stands to, to reason, I suppose. I, the, like it wasn't a bad chapter, but like it was so funny reading this and getting all these like like Sorcerer's Stone flashbacks and being like, yeah, except in Sorcerer's Stone, this was fun, right? Yeah, yeah, that that's kind of my takeaway here too. I will I will say that overall, I really liked this. Like, I'm kind of on board with Order of the Phoenix just being like a kind of fun mess. Yeah, I guess for, uh, I'm way like, more. Oh, I like it way better than Goblet of Fire for sure. Yeah, but it but it's it's a mess. <laughs> okay, so I'm scratching my head here. First of all, the paintings. Paintings yep. are just alive. They, they, those right. are just people, which has never mattered up until now when uh, death is a real thing that like matters to the story. Like, right. What what is what is significant? I mean, like, other, you know, other than the fact that obviously they would not be physical people there to, to interact with. Like, do, why does everyone not just have paintings of all of their dead relatives uh, you know right like like no one no one would ever die because you just have a painting of them that, that seems to be fully sentient has their memories and and personalities and everything which is also on its own like a really cool idea like if you, you know there are so many ways you could spin this like oh is it a class thing is it like well you you know you can get a painting of your relative but it's very expensive and like only the richest wizards and, and witches can do it but like we're never going to get any information on that and if i remember right i think the next book walks back what the paintings can do like because harry is like i wish there was a dumbledore painting and it'd be like well it's not the same or something like that right like I, this this is the thing I, I swear happens yeah um i've been watching star trek voyager hell yeah 
lately. Mm, okay, and, hell, and I'm just sort of <laughs> hell. Okay, mm, um, yeah. and, and I and I'm realizing that if Harry Potter were a Star Trek series, we would get so so many episodes about whether paintings are people. Um, it, <laughs> right. It's really it's it's a weird one because like we know like Sir Cadogan acts like a person, yeah, um, and and the fat lady acts like a person. But I've always kind of operated under like they are more like holograms from right. Star Trek, right? Like they, they, but because they, they are just they're they're like seemingly sentient and maybe are, but they're also like fictional people, right? They right. aren't a, a, like an imprint of a real person after they died. Although <laughs> I guess Sir Cadogan is supposed to be. A historical figure right yeah he's like a legendary knight or whatever I, I, it's kind of up in the air i think it's it's very it's very confusing um and it's, dumb, and it's dumb, something yeah go it, ahead it, 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 sorry yeah it, it, it's just it's like something that will would not matter if the book had not gotten this dramatic and serious right no yeah because dumbledore's using them as like his spy network right he's they're his like war council we were joking before about like like you know in, in an earlier episode about like you know what is you know we've got the the voldemort war room of like a dozen guys what's dumbledore's war room and it turns out it's him talking to a bunch of paintings all the time do you think that they have like some element of of their of their soul like is this the is this the good wizards version of a horcrux it's like horcrux oh, are yeah. evil oh this is this so is like the good version of this that is, this is just going to like continue compacting because right like 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 dumbledore pulls pulls open his his uh his cool um soul split detector sees that a soul has been split and it's like ah in essence divided and we know that's bad and the Horcruxes are bad, but like the paintings clearly are imbued with like some sense of like, like the, the, the I think the thing that makes me think about this specifically is there's the Slytherin headmaster that he talks to uh, uh, Phineas uh, Phineas, um, who is clearly that guy, right? Like, like, or, or at least has the exact same personality and like, uh, uh, yeah he's like expressing expressing guy. preferences and like saying like oh i don't <laughs> want to do that and and yeah. pretending to be asleep and all of that which i which i think is supposed to be like a joke right like it's it's funny it's like a very twee joke from philosopher's stone but here we are in this very tense scene where where dumbledore is like is deploying his his spies and I don't think that really works anymore. It doesn't really work anymore, especially because this guy doesn't seem all that trustworthy. I mean, I guess I guess like what's he going to do? Right. He's a painting. But at the same time, it's like, oh, I, I, I'm entrusting my uh, the, the, the shittiest painting with this very important task. He clearly doesn't want to do it. It's very strange. Like and like you're right, like it is a cute joke. It's just like, wh what am I supposed to, what am I supposed to think of this? Like as the audience, like like is this. Am I just like not supposed to think about this, even though like the nature of the soul and resurrection is like what the story is concerned with basically from now forward? Like you, you, you just have sentient paintings, but also Horcruxes are bad, but also resurrection uh, is bad because you need to learn to accept death. But also you can have paintings of, of dead. Rel it, it, is, it is so confusing to me. I, it, this is like it, it is so rare to me to like read 
a, a fictional story where like, you know, there, there will definitely occasionally be things where, where things kind of bump up against each other, you know, like, all, you know, a lot of, a lot of fantasy stories run into this where it's like, Oh, we like the, the author is clearly like, you know, a nice not racist person but like they still include like out and out race science in their like makeup of like (laughs) what's the difference between all the fantasy races right like like Mm -hmm. you know every every now and then you get stuff where where someone didn't clearly think everything through but this is like this is i've never encountered a story where like everything is so at odds with everything else at all times it's just a fucking mess it's also so weird because the the way that they're used, uh, um, they're just like he might as well just like have security cameras, right? Like that that is the way that this this magic is being deployed. Also, he, okay, he, he said first of all, Fox can teleport. That's news. Uh, That's uh, we huge. Have a, we have news. We have news about Fox. He can teleport now. Um, which seems like it would have come in handy in Chamber of Secrets. He can honestly. teleport. Um, we got a rundown of all of his skills and abilities in book two. And I'm, I, I, so I have to assume that this is a new skill that he's learned in, in between. Like, what has Fox been up to in the last couple books? And he's been learning to teleport. Dumbledore got HM25 and taught it. And he's like, finally, I can teach my Phoenix teleport. Uh, and but like also like the logistics of what is happening is so funny because I, I the, the implication is that he sent it to spy on Umbridge, right? Right. Uh, yeah. How does that work? Is is did the did the bird like <laughs> teleport into her room while she was sleeping? And this like bird is is by this chapter the size of a swan. <laughs> just imagine waking up in the middle of the night. And there's just like a fucking like giant. Oh, there's bird is bird. in my room. <laughs> just watching you and then it like squawks and teleports away that would be that'd be fucking terrifying like what what happens if she sees it it's a swan it's like what if it like waddles around and knocks over some of her cat plates like (laughs) dumbledore i saw i saw a a giant bird in my in my room last night do you have anything to say about that no Uh, (laughs) must have been the wind i don't know this is that, that this is some brilliant spy master stuff from dumbledore He's such send a brilliant... my send my send my giant uh, swan that's on fire uh, to do some reconnaissance. <laughs> yeah, like like it, it, you know it it, it didn't it, it wasn't like it blinked out of existence silently too. It says it like it, like <laughs> burst into flames like just like <laughs> like like just just a bird appears in your room like hello anyone there? What something on fire? What the fuck's going on? <laughs> I mean, let's, I mean, the logistics of all of this is really funny. Like, aside from the paintings, which are easily, like, probably the, the most clever thing here, and it's basically, like, glorified security cameras. So far, Dumbledore has teleported a swan into Umbridge's room uh, <laughs> to uh, make sure that she doesn't wake up. Um, and, all, and also, I'm pretty sure that... Arthur Weasley got attacked just like sitting in a chair outside of yeah, the apartment. Mystery is just just keeping watch. Yeah, what the fuck was the point? Even if even if the snake had not attacked uh, uh, Arthur Weasley, what was the plan here? Do what, they just what? have someone's? Is that is that the master plan of the Order of the Phoenix? Is like just stationing someone outside of the Department of Mysteries twenty four seven? Just just like what are there security guards there? 
Are there any fucking spells? Do any of these wizards know any spells? Maybe an alarm spell or like a Voldemort detection spell. Like <laughs> what? What is this? There's no tripwire spell. Like I'm just. Like, also, there's a running theme here of people like not noticing giant animals. How did Arthur not see a like like <laughs> no one in the ministry? Not like not even just Arthur. No one in the ministry like saw this giant because like what is Nagini? She's a boa constrictor, right? She's a I, yeah, she's a, like a, a large, large one. She's a big fucking snake. Uh, uh, with no one like okay, we know there's security checkpoints. We you we know that there is a phone that you have to uh, uh, <laughs> type. Did the snake I'm just just imagine? You've seen that video of the snake opening the door, right? Or like that yes. lady's like, "Good job," uh, and, <laughs> and the snake like hits the ground. I'm just imagining Nagini like coiling around this uh, this phone booth, trying desperately to like bang her head into the into the right numbers to get down the elevator. Then slither <laughs> past security. I, like maybe they're reading the newspaper and they just don't see the snake. Uh, yeah, you know, no one. There's no. There's no security in the government office. I guess no. No security camera spells. No paintings that could uh, could see no nope. snake. And then Arthur does not hear or see this gigantic snake. Or maybe he was just like, oh, I guess that's. <laughs> He, I, okay i guess they did say i guess they did say that um they were using uh, uh owls for memos up until right. like a few years ago maybe he's like oh here's the security snake is here <laughs> just, make, just making the rounds is no one that works at the ministry wondering why the guy that like works on like met like muggle artifacts in a broom closet is just like sitting in a lawn chair in front of the Department of Mysteries <laughs> right. overnight. Right, like to fuck it, like like imagine if like the janitor was just like like oh I'm <laughs> I'm I'm hanging outside the CIA uh, uh, top secret uh, uh, drone <laughs> drone room. I'm just hanging out here, uh, just doing. Just figured I'd pitch in some extra hours, boss. Defending defending the defending the nation. You know what if. Uh, <laughs> What if a terrorist uh, ran in here? You wouldn't, uh, you wouldn't like that, would you? I'm just, uh, just standing outside the door. Is there, is there not, is there not going to be an inquiry as to why the like rando government employee got attacked by a giant snake <laughs> while while sitting outside of the the other department? Are These they not things... like? Can they not put together that something is going on here? I'm surprised that we didn't get like at the very least some sort of like plausible like this this to me smacks of the same weird problem that like the um the Voldemort killing Cedric cover up missed is mm-hmm. that like we visited the ministry earlier in this book you know what like would have uh, would have like helped a lot here is like Harry and Arthur are walking walking to the, to his trial or whatever and Harry sees like I don't know, like a Newt Scamander looking guy wrestling with a with like a, a blast ended scroot or something. And, and Arthur's like, oh, yeah, there's a there's like an, a, an animals department. There's animal mm. controls here, too, or whatever. And, you know, they, we keep some dangerous animals on, on like the third floor or whatever. So someone could say like, yeah, a, a snake got out of the dangerous animal room. Nothing to see here. Right. Like <laughs> instead, it's just, <laughs> instead, it's just like, no, I guess the snake. Uh, OK, snake. Okay, how do you think the snake got to London? Do you think Voldemort, like, or had someone take the snake to London 
and like let it out of the car like open the door and like all right Nagini, <laughs> out, out out you go it's time Here, to here's, here's my real answer i hate to give a sincere answer but this okay. is gonna be my my best guess if i was yeah. voldemort if i was in voldemort's war room and he's like how am i gonna get this snake in I would i'm glad you said have... in voldemort's war room and not in voldemort's shoes because we know he doesn't wear any no he wears those great um new vans shoes oh he wears Um, those horrible slides (laughs) no 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 he he wears the slytherin the slytherin shoes um for sure yeah yeah that's a very funny image to me um (laughs) i I would have i would be like you know here's an idea um have mcnair smuggle the snake in since he deals with like animal executions and stuff that's a really good idea that is not in the book Mm-hmm. It is set up and is set up there. Right. Because ah, McNair comes up like every time. Every we, time there's like we go down the list of de- like known death eaters, McNair comes up. <laughs> yes, the snake, they, they they let the snake out at the phone booth. Snake punches in the number, goes down the mm-hmm. elevator, gets past security, goes to the floor where the most top secret room in the world is, where the guy who works in the closet uh uh on exploding toilets is standing around outside <laughs> the door for no reason and no one has questioned it and bites him right yeah and then nobody has any questions after that happens either <laughs> i have an even dumber question Th- this is like a genuine question um, sure uh because i i you know i really like snakes but i'm like i'm like drawing a blank spot here Boa constrictors don't have giant fangs, do they? I don't think Nagini is a real snake. She's just like a fantasy snake, like a. I, like I a... think so. I yeah, because I, I don't. I mean, she's also like venomous. I don't think that they have ever given a a kind of snake that she is. But I'm gonna look it up right now. Python, because there's the the yeah I. I, I always thought she was the the kind that like ate stuff very slowly like like You're... if arthur weasley had like gotten half vored or something <laughs> that would have been a much weirder dream i guess maybe that would be very scary that way. um like ah like, oh, ron i was eating your dad here is the information that pottermore has for me okay N- nagini lord voldemort's pet snake and loyal servant nagini fact file hobbies doing the bidding of her master death (laughs) death i love dying death and that's not her hobby it's like Uh hobbies and death are the two facts Uh that we have the two Um, categories we love right um death killed by neville longbottom with the sword of gryffindor that's it okay so she's just a giant snake maybe with fangs i'm just yeah i've always just kind of assumed fantasy snake i suppose i'll see if the harry potter wiki has anything for me it's probably maybe I'm just like getting my mood because I'm pretty sure like the movie version is like that's definitely like a anaconda like boa constrictor type looking thing, right? Also known as the Snake Girl. Oh, that's true. Uh, she is a she is a human <laughs> woman. I love fan wikis so much. Skin color pale, human, green snake. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, n- no, no report on what kind of snake it is. Okay. All right. Okay. So the movie just took some liberties. They just like looked at a big snake and were like, this one's big. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Just a fantasy serpent. That's fine. That's like the least of my actual like complaints here. I was just like, I, 
I was like in my head, I always pictured her probably because of the movies as like a, a non a non bitey snake, you know. Combat skills. <laughs> oh, what are Nagini's combat skills? Nagini, while in snake form, was extremely deadly in battle, just like That's her master, true. Lord Voldemort. She was very fast, capable of striking her enemies with great dexterity and speed, and was able to hold her own against wizards and witches on several occasions. <laughs> Thank you, Harry oh, Potter Wiki. Once I love, again, I love the Harry Potter Wiki. So yeah, so so all of this is insane. Um, th- this 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 is all stuff that I like absolutely would not have cared about if it was like in the first book or if the tone had stayed light and goofy. But like now that I'm supposed to be like trying to piece together this like uh, uh tw- you know twelve dimensional chess game between Voldemort and <laughs> and and. Uh, and dumbledore like it's this is a little tough to swallow all of this stuff this isn't really chess it's like checkers at best <laughs> right yeah they're they're playing kirby's air ride where there's only one button that does everything like, <laughs> good game but uh but maybe not the uh not the the most uh, strategically dense thing i I also had this moment. So, so moving on from, from some of that stuff, the, the actual line here that is sort of like the famous enigmatic Dumbledore line, the like in essence divided thing. Mm -hmm. I actually thought this part was really cool, but JK has such a like non mysterious answer for this. And it kind of ruins the whole thing for me. Like, yeah, I enjoyed seeing Dumbledore do mysterious wizard stuff. Yeah. Like the scene itself is, is like pretty good. And it's like, it suggests that he has like his own plans within plans. And he's like doing mysterious wizard stuff with an instrument that we don't recognize uh, or know really what he's saying. Um, and and it, it is, it's like very effective and being like, Oh, Dumbledore is a great wizard and he's doing like unfathomable magic right now. And that's good. Leave it there. Like, yeah. In, but in essence, divided, can mean a lot of stuff right it's like, a very that. cool sounding phrase like it, it it has the you know i'm i'm i on our bonus episode we were talking about um uh, uh the dark souls games right mm-hmm. and how those are full of just like enigmatic sounding bullshit basically but like stuff that you can kind of hang your own thoughts over right yeah i mean this this is a line evocative. that that can be applied to like a lot of different themes in -hmm. the book and a lot of different characters and all of that stuff and it's like it's it's just fun right yeah it's cool it's spooky uh but no jk rowling has uh, outlined it in in excruciating detail for us here on the harry potter lexicon uh definition a phrase describing the fact that a soul has been split Mm. uh notes the following is a quote from jk rowling from the 2007 live chat with bloomsbury.com J.K. Rowling, Dumbledore suspected that the snake's essence was divided, (laughs) that it contained part of Voldemort's soul, and that was why it was so very adept at doing his bidding. This also explained why Harry, the last and unintended Horcrux, could see so clearly through the snake's eyes, just as he regularly sees through Voldemort's. Dumbledore is thinking aloud here, edging towards the truth with the help of the pensive, which also, the pensive was not involved in this scene i don't i'm 
I'm so confused about this because I, I suppose that the description of the snake and it like appearing in the smoke is reminiscent of some other pensive descriptions that we've had, but it goes to like a great length to like say like this is an instrument that Harry doesn't recognize. Yeah. And I'm very confused as to why you would introduce a mysterious instrument and also the pensive, but they both just do the same thing. Right. Like, what, what is what is the point of like outlining this this like rare this rare magical like artifact, and then just be like, oh, but you don't need it, right? Yeah, he is hey, whatever. It's in Dumbledore's office, and he suddenly does this uh, strange piece of magic in which he watches images, and there are these snakes dividing, and that's the way he sees <laughs> soul dividing. He's playing oh. through his own theory about what's happening, and his theory is, of course, correct. That Voldemort, as summed up, is by the snake divided. Did he? Re- did he really need the visual aid for that? It just seems so. St- if it's that literal and that straightforward, it, now it just seems dumb. Right. It's it's very cool. I mean, like this is. I always have complicated feelings about like um, reading an artist that uh, reading an artist you admire's like comments on a thing you really like because I feel like oftentimes. Uh, uh the thing that the, that you get from a piece of art is like completely based on like you know your own read of the work and it could sometimes ruin it a little bit to like have direct access to the artist right like that's that's a common thing in this case this is an artist that i have uh, already have mixed feelings about uh <laughs> um explaining one of the few things in this book that i think is genuinely very cool sounding and just finding out it's like oh no it li- literally means this it doesn't it's in not fact, anything it, it is extremely literal it, it is it is as literal as it possibly can be it's just so defeating i guess like okay great thanks joe she's done it again (laughs) she's done it again but uh i i i like i like the sense of urgency here at least and like you know without if i if i ignore the fact that jk has um has like like said that this is all literal i i i I do like this sense that like harry is sort of shocked and 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 worried and and confused about like what his role in this whole thing is and is like surrounded by some confusing Dumbledore stuff and is being whisked away like I, I like the like harriedness of this scene um it, it has a tension to it that's very cool yeah uh, uh, and uh and we also get to once we get to the burrow we have maybe my favorite serious scene that we've had so far like ever yeah, the the serious stuff is um, definitely the highlight of um, my reading this time around, and the argument that he has with with Fred and George, and just like the little details that he is like being woken up after having like fallen asleep drinking and being alone at home. He he's so, he's so tragic, but also like I I I love that detail, but I also love like despite the state he's in um this chapter kind of has serious being his like best self mm-hmm. like he really steps up to the plate in this chapter uh which is really interesting to see given how kind of pathetic and 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 selfish he's been throughout a lot of this book like when when shit is like actually hitting the fan here he is like really being the like adult in the room that needs to be there uh which is really fascinating i think like he's very layered in a way that a lot of characters in this series aren't you know 
Yeah, I think that I just like keep being kind of routinely surprised at um, how complex and um, like how he really does feel like a real a real person um, when he's not info dumping. Right. Because that's because yes. that's what I've known him as so much through the series is like, OK, he's just going to to exposit some information. But every time he has some kind of room to just have like a scene that is mostly character work um it's it's so good it's great just because like you know we know that he is very impulsive uh when it comes to harry um but the way that he kind of talks fred and george down from being reckless here and like you know like reminds him of like you know the greater good that's at stake here and like the you know the logical reasons to wait until they get the all clear to go see their dad even though you know that's obviously a very tough decision to make for the weasleys um uh is so different from his um the way he reacts when like harry is involved and there's like this that thing that molly said like way earlier in this book about how you know harry isn't james like like him not having james around to like goof off with like and and also like i feel like if harry if if this was like some other situation where like someone related to harry uh uh, was in in danger he might have let he might have done the reckless thing and like had them go to the hospital immediately. Mm-hmm. But because he is like kind of one degree removed from that, he can be a bit more logical. It, it's mm-hmm. just so good. I, 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 I'm so fascinated by how in, in a very, very unsubtle book, how good some of his like subtle character development is here. Yeah, I really like that this is establishing him like we like all like all this stuff is true. He's rash. He's he's frustrated. He's mad at Dumbledore. Um, Fred and George kind of kind of hit him where it hurts and say like, well, we don't you know, you're easy for you to say you're just stuck, you know, inside all day, uh, not doing anything. And that and that really hurts him. Um, But I, I like that this establishes also that he's just really on the right side here right like he's still he is still good he's just uh, interpersonally like selfish and rash and has had uh most of his life stolen away from him right Right. but but he's like you know he is still still a good guy and is on on the good side uh despite like that frustration that he's having um and i mean and and this is also a moment where like I, you can sort of see and understand like why he is part of the order. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like if, if this, if this is how he behaves, like when, 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 you know, when, when it really matters, you know, when, you know, when, when, when the rubber hits the road or whatever, like, like I, you can, you can understand like, Oh, I get why Dumbledore keeps him around. Right. Like, like, like he, he is clearly, level-headed and trustworthy in this it's it's just that like harry specifically because of his connection to james is his blind spot right right i I just think that's super cool and like like there's a there's a great scene too when um uh i mean in in a in an act that is both it's it's interesting because it is both um selfless and selfish when he like offers molly and the other weasleys a place to stay over christmas because mm-hmm. you know that in a way that is sort of self-serving right because he is very lonely 
Yeah, I, is, I mean, it kind of it kind of reminded me a little bit of um, the conversation that Harry had with Hermione, where um, Hermione was saying uh, that Sirius maybe wanted him to be expelled, right, and was disappointed yes. that he wasn't because he couldn't stay there. And it's like all of a sudden this tragedy is happening, and there's this part of Sirius. It's like, oh, but they get to stay here with me, right? Like I'm going to have friends around for Christmas. Like, like there's there's a like i wouldn't even call it selfishness it's just like like this the stars have aligned in this sort of ironic way right where like maybe mm-hmm. he, like he is he is happy that he's going to have people staying with him for christmas even though it's like under maybe the worst circumstances possible right but it is super but it is super genuine and like molly is genuinely appreciative there's the you know they they, they sort of like it you know without um like addressing their previous uh arguments directly they sort of like make up I, I just thought that was all very sweet and like there's just such a good bittersweet sadness to the series as a character here. Like I, I'm now so invested in him in a way that I never have been before. I like I used to just think he was like the he was the cool he was the cool guy. And he's no, not I was I it, it's incredible to me because I remember being so, so sad when he died and I was, you know, fifteen, sixteen, however old old we were yeah. when this book came out. Um and I, I distinctly remember the reason being like one, I was sad for Harry's sake, right? Yeah. Like like losing losing Sirius. And I was sad because the really cool guy died. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh he's he's so cool, he can turn into a dog um and it's and it's just like a like very cool and and somehow just like reading it at that time i did not read this tragedy that i'm reading now that's like really like well fleshed out and feels like it's going to be really satisfying i i know that like it's like somewhat of kind of a joke where it's like oh order of the phoenix has no plot and it's like there is this like really i mean i guess i am speaking a little prematurely since we haven't yeah uh, seen it all the way through but there, there's mm-hmm. such like the the skeleton of a just like very like satisfying character tragedy here yeah totally i um i am now I'm invested in his in his and Harry's relationship in the story in a way that I never have been like reading or, um, uh, you know, listening to the audiobooks or whatever, like over the years. Like I, I just I, I'm seeing this in just like a completely different way this time. And, and I'm like, no, this is pretty good. I'm so surprised, even with all the problems this book has. And, you know, it has it has many, many problems, even in this chapter. Many, many, even. many problems. Um, I am surprised that this book ranks so low to people, um, commonly. I, 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 I think this is, even with all of its baggage and, 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 and issues, this is so much more enjoyable to read as a story and to like think about as a story than Gobble to Fire. Like it's just, it's just on another planet for me. Yeah, this is definitely up there. Um, and, and I, in thinking about it now, I'm, I'm realizing that, um, uh, like I think that coming out of this book, unless something goes horribly, horribly wrong in kind Which of the back half, it definitely could. I'm <laughs> I'm feeling like I am going to rank it up where it's like Prisoner of Azkaban and Order of the Phoenix are really up there for me, and the yeah. rest of them are kind of kind of lower on my list. And they both are the serious books, serious right. the character, which is interesting. Um, yeah. So so I'm, I've, I've, I'm yeah. Please go I've, on. Oh, sorry. I, I just I, I I'm starting to think that like maybe Sirius is uh 
the key to making Harry a character. Mm. You know, like when Sirius is around, Harry is a character. Like, I, like I think Harry... he does that for he did that for Fred and George in this scene too. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's very interesting. Yeah, that's uh, it, it's it's he is he is he brings a lot out of other characters in very interesting ways and is himself a very interesting character. So yeah, I, I'm I'm fully on board with that stuff. What did you think of the actual hospital scene? Um, there's something that you said to me yesterday when we were talking about this book, or, or rather this chapter, um, that has been eating away at me, and it is that I don't understand, you need, you, why don't they have mana bars? It's killing me. <laughs> you can't, you can I, I'm just like, this whole time, I'm like, this, this, like, really charming, like, funny, kind of jokey magical hospital really isn't very funny in this serious story where it's like, yeah, we could cure all diseases, but we're not going to. There's no limited <laughs> right. resource here. Ma- yeah. Like, like nobody gets tired from doing magic. There's no reason that you can only treat wizards. Like, there's even a, a part where um, some muggles, like, lo- like, lost some limbs in a magical accident, and so they, like, reattached them and then, like, obliviated them. So at this point, we're just, like, seeing this incredible miracle hospital that I guess is just choosing not to treat most of the population. It's crazy. It, yeah, it because it, it, it is very cute. Like, like this, this is the, even more so than the Dumbledore office scene, this is the most philosopher's stone ass scene, right? Like Harry walks into this goofy hospital room uh, and he just like sees all of the wacky injuries people have. Uh, and like, you know, Ron talks about how like, oh, like doctors. No, those, you know, those are crazy people that cut people up. These are healers. And and, uh, uh, you know, it, it's it's all it's all magical and, and, and powerful. But it's like now that Harry Potter is a serious story with very real world stakes, this is so uncomfortable <laughs> to think about. And I'm surprised that it, it, more specifically, um, it is it is weird that it was not noticed by the author how uncomfortable it is and how easy it would be to run with that in some really interesting interesting ways. Like you could solve the mystery. Like you know, we've we've talked a couple times about like what is it that the Death Eaters actually want? Like mm-hmm. like what? Why do they give a shit about blood purity? uh outside of that being a stand-in for racism right uh yeah because we we, you know we don't we don't have any sense that like there's anything at stake for them really and like i'm so surprised because it you know maybe we're just both galaxy brain individuals here but this seems like (laughs) it solves nearly every world building complaint that you could possibly have like if if magic was a either a limited resource or it was a common belief handed down, you know, by the aristocracy or whatever that's hoarding all the magic or whatever, that it is a limited resource. All of the politics make sense. Like, like you under, would understand why the, the wizards are cagey around muggles and how, why they don't want to reveal themselves too openly. You'd understand why like horrible uh uh like 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 you know racial purity people would like have an inv- like a vested interest in like holding on to their power right like like their hoarded wealth or whatever 
the fact that magic is apparently just like an unlimited resource that takes nothing but like your own skill makes the wizarding world seem kind of psychopathic yes yeah i i mean i i keep coming back to the line that hagrid has in the philosopher's stone where he's like you know then they'll want all their problems solved with magic and then all of a sudden we're this like in this very serious scene at the at the magical miracle hospital and it's like it's in it's in london right it's in the middle of london like in an abandoned department store so like the healer gets off their shift at at st mungo's if they're walking down the street and like see a car wreck and it's like muggles do they just keep walking like i I just i don't i don't understand how how this is is working right like i expected it to be like kind of lampshaded a little bit with some like line about how it's like oh yeah they can they can fix any jinx that you're afflicted with but they don't they don't know shit about like reattaching a limb except we get the, right. the, the, the contrary evidence that they do right they they're right. just like they're they're miracle workers yeah like you know if there was something about like oh yeah like anything Anything that magic does, they can fix. But like, I don't know, they can't cure cancer or whatever, because because that's that's like a non-magical problem. Right. But there seems to be no indication that there's any limit to this. Uh, uh, Like Arthur was bitten by a magical evil snake, a one of a kind evil magic snake. Uh, and doesn't seem to have a care in the world about whether or not he will recover from that. He's like, oh, yeah, no, it's fine. We're good. Like, <laughs> just zero, zero stakes, apparently. It's very, it's very weird. There, There's, like, stuff that I do like about the Like, I, I think that all of the, like, jokes about the magic hospital are very cute. Oh, it's great. I mean, my, my favorite image maybe in this whole chapter is that bizarre description of the guy who every time he takes a step it makes like a church bell sound and his head starts <laughs> vibrating uh-huh. like like there's some really cute and like fun goofy imagery in here it's just that like you know you know we joked about it in the first book but now that we are in the uh like the darker books where the politics are like the focus of the story it just leaves this gaping hole in the in the world building of like wait so what it why why is there this split between uh uh pure bloods and 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 uh you know half bloods and and muggleborns like like if there if there was some like insidious like instilled cultural belief or whatever that's like no like if we get more wizards magic will be diluted or whatever Right. Like that has some very real parallels to very real arguments that like wild wrong are at least like, you know, they they fuel actual wars and politics and stuff. You can gesture towards grand uh, uh, world building stuff that like would make all of this stuff make sense. Very simply. I like I don't know. We, we I, for a long time now, we've like thrown off our um, our pretend like we don't want to rewrite these books by criticizing them i'm now just like full-on like that would 100 percent make these books better across the board they can at least make such advanced magic like hard to do (laughs) right yeah i mean i guess i guess they do say that they they do imply that there's like a a, um you know a, a head healer and like a trainee healer or whatever so clearly there's work involved but also like i don't know harry can do a patronus 
I mean, there could, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, it would make sense that there could even be some like political artificial scarcity. That's something that gestures at, at real life, right? right. Like, yeah. I, yeah. like, I, but it just like goes completely, like there isn't even just a throwaway line that, that addresses any of it. Um, I also kind of want to talk briefly about, um, I can't remember if it was Ron or Molly that was, that described muggle doctors as butchers. Um, that was Ron. Yeah. So, so um, I, I did uh, talk briefly about this um, with you earlier, but I am curious where you've fallen about um, whether it's galaxy brain or not to think that Ron has like deliberate uh, character work where it's like he, he is on the right side of things, but is also like, complicit in the the racism metaphor or is this just a joke do you know what i mean like like this is this, right. is, this is a story and it's about being you know it's, it's a racism metaphor and muggles are you know like wizards think that they are like not as good and it's like arthur and the weasleys they kind of talk the talk you know and they're on the right side and they're in the order of the phoenix but they do have like all of these attitudes as like you know a pureblood family and so when ron says something like oh muggle doctors you know those are crazy those are crazy butchers right is that is that like a like i have i have that read of it where it's like oh that that's kind of cool where it's like yeah he in like of course he is on the right side but he is holding on to these these attitudes that are bad or is it just a like philosopher's stone style joke? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a really fascinating read. Like, like the Weasleys as like wizard nimbies, mm-hmm. right? Right. There's that idea there that I like. I don't know if J.K. Rowling is that self aware, <laughs> right? Because she is that, right? Um, right, exactly. Hmm. I mean, I think it's an interesting read. It's a it's a For read sure. that I enjoy of Ron's character. So, I, yes, like, I think that's absolutely. cool. Um, I think I think that is maybe the best read that you can apply to his character development in this these stories. For sure, like that explains a lot about him, right? Like you know, he's still friends with Harry and Hermione, and uh, uh, you know, he'll he'll definitely help them out, and and you know, he 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 shows up, but um, he just has a lot of the same outdated opinions that like. That, like the other pure blood families have just by nature of being pure blood families right yeah i think that the like indication of um i mean it really doesn't matter if it's deliberate or not but i feel like because these books are so unsubtle um we would know if it was deliberate if hermione would have something to say like i know that hermione's not in these scenes but this is like a good case of like him calling doctors butchers it's like hermione's parents are dentists right yeah. like, like if, if she were to say something if, if he said something like that around her like that's that would be hugely like offensive in the realm of what this book is trying to be right yeah hmm, i didn't even think of that maybe it is intentional like that, that almost huh that detail almost makes me wonder if it is intentional it's interesting because because right because she they, we do know that her parents are dentists and they met the weasleys in book two which right. is a we that's something i always keep thinking about is like the Weas the the, the the grangers were just let into diagonally like sure why not <laughs> i mean like i i think that's great but like that's something that has never happened since which is very interesting yeah it's it's a weird one um but but yeah like i, I mean it it makes 
I'm curious how Ron and Hermione's relationship will kind of go um, only in that like Ron to, to me stri- strikes me as someone that's like, like, yeah, I don't want muggles to all be slaughtered and, and enslaved. Um, but like Her- Hermione, like, like, Oh, but dentists are, are, are barbarians. Right. Like, like why would Hermione right. put up with that? <laughs> right. Yeah. That is super duper interesting. I, uh, I'd not, I'd not made that connection, but I, I think you're onto something there. Huh. That's something to keep like, like on the one hand, um, I still appreciate this just cause it, it makes something in Ron's character at the moment click that hadn't before. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I just hated him and he was fucking obnoxious and, 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 horrible to be around as a character recently uh, and oh not yeah in, like a fun way but like that if it's yeah i could go either way on this like maybe we're giving him maybe we're giving uh 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 too much credit here or or maybe this is intentional but it, it's i'd like to see more time spent on it and i would like to see harry um not just be like a passive um like just like listening to that stuff and right. just have and just like having no real real reaction or concern about it right yeah because he's he's i mean he's he worried about his own stuff world. for sure but yeah. i don't know yeah interesting stuff so overall you know i think this was actually quite a good chapter i just think that it's um it is it is a chapter that is so concerned with providing that like philosophers in a way that you know this has always been my favorite stuff in harry potter the like the like whimsical like we're going to do a thing and harry's going to see some stuff he's never seen before and it's going to be all crazy uh, this is wild learning experience i love that stuff it's just funny reading one of those chapters uh now you know like like after the story has become something very different um and it, it just made it hard harder to swallow than it would have been you know three books ago oh definitely um this is kind of a weird one um it's just a line that kind of stuck out to me and i was wondering what you thought about it and it's probably Mm. nothing but i am just curious when harry's kind of looking around and observing everyone at the hospital he he sees like the nurses um and and the line is witches and wizards in lime green robes were walking up and down the rows asking questions and making notes on clipboards like umbrages what's that about it's just a weird parallel to draw. Like I know, I know what a clipboard is, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I, I didn't even notice that. Huh? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe, maybe he just, they have an authoritative air around them. Authoritative air. That's, that's a very interesting way to put that. I'm not, I, Uh, the only thing that I can come up with is that it's trying to, um, uh, kind of create, the unease of being in a hospital right like it it is it's like a pretty uncomfortable experience but it just felt like such a bizarre it's a very specific detail detail to to draw there that they would that they would be likened to umbrage in that way (laughs) maybe maybe it, it like like this is like you know perhaps a bad faith uh interpretation but like maybe it is just there to remind you that umbridge is a character involved in the story i had a similar thing last chapter when when uh ron yelled out the window like i'm a prefect you know and it's like oh right you're <laughs> right uh-huh mm-hmm, i remember that i definitely remembered you were a prefect in this book um sometimes when you're spinning plates you gotta you know 
uh, uh, touch one up a little bit just so it keeps spinning. Um, yeah, that, so. the old um, don't forget about Umbridge. Uh, what will I connect it to? Uh, clipboards. She has a clipboard. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, because, you know, we were talking about how, like, you know, Fox is clearly spying on Umbridge, but they don't say that. They they say, like, oh, she's awake. You know, right. like, like, like we're not uh, we're, we're not privy to exactly who it is they're talking about. Um, but that is really funny. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. That's I didn't even notice that when I read this that's a such a bizarre description i i was more hung up on the part where uh it said that molly's eyes uh were dark from tiredness and i was just like just run that one by the editor one more time please (laughs) ah i've got the tiredness Mm, yeah so i think that's pretty much all i have for this chapter is there anything else you you had uh one more thing and it's looking it's looking into the future hmm I love to do that. Divination. My fa- Oh, that was a line I hated was when uh, Harry, when, when Tonks was like, oh, have you got seer blood? And he's like, no, fuck Trelawney. I hate that. Oh, yeah. That, I, I also underlined that. Um, well, let us do our own looking into the future because I I don't know how book six and seven are going to shake out. Um, but I, I had forgotten how like explicit it is that Harry's like worried about being possessed and is really very literally having these experiences um when harry learns what horcruxes are and voldemort has them is there any way in the realm of like a a normal like reaction where he isn't just immediately like oh i'm one of those then because because i i feel like this is something that they're gonna slow roll us on a Mm -hmm. little bit and even dumbledore is gonna take some take some real time to think about that one uh before he figures it out or maybe he's just like i suspect it all along but didn't know for sure and it just makes the characters seem really i have been thinking about for the longest time now that we are like in horcrux clue territory uh-huh. uh that dream that we read in philosopher's stone that neither of us remembered and we're wondering if it was added in in later editions right remember the the, the crazy it, i and i i went back and reread it and i i realized why it hasn't come up because that dream is so like maybe not explicitly planning out the horcrux thing but it is 100 definitely laying out the like voldemort possession seeing through your eyes thing right um yeah but there's the part in that that i'd completely forgotten about where he has that whole dream and in the past tense third person it <laughs> says uh and he went to sleep and forgot all about it like he you just didn't remember the dream. you can't do you that you can't do you- that you can't fucking do that. You can't have a dream sequence and then say, and he doesn't remember it. What the fuck? <laughs> this is just like, this is such a weird thing for me because on the one hand, I think that it's like pretty shaky criticism to be like, I'm, I'm reading a book, right. And I am reading yeah. into clues that are placed yeah. there for me, the reader. So it's pretty mm-hmm. tough to be like, Oh, Harry should have known immediately, but this right. has been so, so, so literal. This it's entire time. Like, I I just have a really hard time with Harry not just, like, knowing immediately. Or even Dumbledore, which we ha- we know, like, uh, literally, like, but in essence divided. And he's like, oh, and Harry's being possessed. Has he really not put it together? <laughs> Is he having a think on that one? <laughs> he's worrying about it enough. You think you'd... you'd- 
uh, you know, uh, maybe maybe Harry just doesn't. Um, he's not a crisis thinker. He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't uh, sit there and like run through all like the worst case scenarios in his head. He's just like, oh no, guess I'm guess I'm possessed by Voldemort. Nothing else that could have led to this or or made this happen. D- Dumbledore knowing very literally in this chapter that Nagini is a Horcrux really makes I, I am having a hard time imagining how the plot of book six is going to work when harry's like secret mission is to find out if slughorn told voldemort about horcruxes, about horcruxes because what yeah. what is the point at that at this yeah. like juncture where dumbledore 99.9 percent knows in very <laughs> literal terms that yeah. voldemort has made horcruxes like why would it um, why would it matter how voldemort found out about them I, I'm also just having a real hard time understanding what the uh, like what the mechanics of the like connection are because I, I I'm not I'm, I I don't understand why Dumbledore can't like write on a piece of paper and hand to Harry hey I'm not looking you in the eyes because uh, when I do Voldemort gets a brain gets a brain gets a brain freeze <laughs> they need to right? work like, out a like, secret code. Yeah, I'm I like the logistics of this of this weird song and dance of keeping Harry in the dark is confusing me. I don't know why. I I think we talked about this very early in this book. Like, can't Dumbledore tell someone else to tell Harry? Yeah, or 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 like imply it through some clues to figure out or something. I like, and I I don't understand because I I if I remember right, and and this is very fuzzy. I could be completely wrong here, but Harry here overhearing this thing with the extendable ears is going to trigger something in the death eater camp because now they know that he knows right like i think i have no idea i i I, I imagine that's what mobilizes the department of mysteries stuff Mm -hmm. i i I could be completely wrong but like i um I, i i think that's what's going on and so i just have a really fuzzy idea of like what what is it that Voldemort has access to? Is it just his general vibe? Is it just <laughs> Dumbledore? Is Voldemort watching when Harry like rubs one out in the dorms? Like what's going on <laughs> here? Like, I don't, I don't get like what he has access to. I, what I don't understand. I mean, I also don't understand that, but why do I have such a fuzzy concept of what harry thinks about all this because he's the point of view character and it's not even like he's being like unreliable narrator forming his own opinions about it Mm. or or having his own thoughts like he gets to the point where he's like i don't know why dumbledore won't look at me end of thought (laughs) right like he, he isn't even like telling himself a story about it or or like catastrophizing it or anything i'm just very i'm i don't understand his perception of the situation which is is frankly really bizarre considering he's he's the point of view character yeah yeah we're not even we're not even getting a like incorrect hasty picture of what's going on painted by harry right like like it in the absence of information he is not filling in the gaps himself he is just frustrated and confused which i guess is probably like where this whole like harry's kind of dumb thing comes from right he's very non-active in his own story here right like like all of those things where where you were like speculating about the mechanics of of the situation harry doesn't do any of that right like if 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 (laughs) if someone is if if someone is looking 
through your eyeballs at what is going on around you, you'd think that would be like quite a concern that you would have. Like, are they looking now? Are they going to, are they going to see me rubbing one out in the dorm? Like, and it it doesn't ever come up. Like he doesn't seem to speculate or wonder or, or think about what is going on wrong or otherwise. Ron, I can't bust Voldemort with C. I'm going crazy. Oh God! Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I have, I have no, no picture of like what Harry thinks about this. Maybe this. he'll form more of an opinion now that he has explicitly heard someone be like, he's "Oh, maybe he's possessed." What, but he's I, been given the like all clear to like worry about something. Yeah, maybe it's just yeah. it's really strange. I guess the only hint of that is like he's worried about falling asleep because he doesn't want to be the snake again, which is like okay, but like, can you please take that thought a little bit further? For me, mm-hmm. point of view character, please. I can't be the snake. I can't beat the snake. <laughs> I can't do anything. <sighs> I'm all snaked out here. This book is a mess. This book is a mess. I really like it, but yeah, it is a mess. Yeah, me too. Well, I, okay. yeah, I, I, I might need to walk back really like it. It is. It has some good stuff. Yep. Uh, whenever whenever Sirius is on, 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 on the page, I'm having a good time. Yeah. All right. I think... Uh, we should take a break. And when we come back, I have um, some uh, something to go over uh, here about some hidden messages. Ooh, sounds fun. Love, right? Yeah. Hello and welcome back. Do you remember Reader's Digest? Um. Yes, absolutely. I used to go over to my grandparents' house and read all of the jokes as a child. <laughs> Do you remember any of those jokes? I'd, I'd love to know what a Reader's Digest joke would be. Oh, no, I, I don't. They were like, you, you, like, readers would submit them and then, like, they would occasionally release, like, an entire joke issue. And there were oh. always, like, three, like, three page, like, features of, of readers' uh, submission uh jokes of of all of all kinds hmm well i'm glad that uh that you have a good memory of reader's digest um because i'm uh, probably about to ruin that uh, oh i'm i'm very sorry to say it's okay it's it's not like i, I look back and i'm like ah reader's digest ah, readers- the, the last ah. bastion of <laughs> of uh journalism or anything ah, back- Back when reading was simple, they would cut it up for me into, into <laughs> Reader's Digest is like that it's like that Tumblr post about the the guy cutting up his food for his for his girlfriend or whatever. That's what it was. It was like, we're gonna take this literature for you and then we're gonna cut it up. Here it is. Much, much, uh, much easier to digest now as a reader. I was just curious how you how how you are gonna like finish that metaphor out with the other shoe dropping from that tumblr post i don't even want i don't even want to say it is it this is it what you're about to read to me here here is some shit that reader's digest is going is good is going to make a seat with oh god 14 hidden messages in the harry potter books you never noticed is this bible code is bible bible code yeah do you not remember bible code (laughs) I don't remember Bible code. What's Bible code? It was those like history channel specials where they would like apply the like that like algorithm 
to like find hidden messages in the Bible and like make like reverse prophecies. And it's oh, a very no, I don't know. <laughs> I, this sounds all oh, that sounds right up my fucking. No, it's like I it was just like garbage. all like stupid. Yeah, you should watch it. It's all just like stupid. Like oh, if you look at the seventh letter Fuck on yes. every 70, 70th page, uh, it tells you about nine eleven. And then it's like oh, they yes. spend. It's like there are like three like two hour specials that are like looking for prophecies in reverse. And then at the very end, like the last two minutes they bring on like a count like a counter argument guy and he's like you could do this with moby dick and then it ends <laughs> this oh this sounds great i i know what i'm watching next time i've, I've got some time to kill yeah yeah right. watch bible code <laughs> yeah 14 hidden messages in the harry potter books that you've never noticed uh this is a wonderful article from today actually um, what uh, yeah this is you're from to- kidding you're kidding me nope this is from today i thought you dredged this up from like 2005 or like 2002 see right like that's my you know we, you know we're kind of shuffling around our, our um our segments experimenting with some stuff and like that's been my plan is to like reach back into the past and pull some uh funny old articles out for for this kind of thing but no this is from today I woke that up is this morning. Tr- I'm truly shocked, honestly. <laughs> yeah. I woke up this morning uh and uh and this was this was waiting for me. I guess it's because um the uh it's the 22nd anniversary of the first book being published on the 26th of this month. So we got a couple weeks. That's the 22nd oh, wait, is... anniversary? Yeah. <laughs> okay. We're old. We're old. Uh is that going to line up with our 69th episode? I'll have to hmm have to to do some math later anyway here they are even the most diehard fans might not have picked up on these secret meanings and cryptic clues take a look back at the wizarding world for the 22nd anniversary of the publication of harry potter and the philosopher's stone spoilers ahead just in case you don't want harry potter 22 22 anniversary here uh but but watch out for spoilers Uh, i think i can take it number one the house colors represent the elements Okay, okay, this is gonna drive me crazy. We've talked, we've talked about this, right? We're starting with a fucking bang here. We have talked about this before because this is one hundred percent a fan wiki, is it? Like complete manifestation. It is has it? to be. Is I, it? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well. Okay. Well, here we go. Well, let's. let's I don't let's know read what's on. real anymore. <laughs> let's let's read on. In Harry Potter's magical world, nothing is as it seems, and that goes for the books themselves. Master storyteller J.K. Rowling wove in all kinds of mysterious meanings, surreptitious signs, and cloaked clues that were, when deciphered, illuminate the themes of the story. Yeah, that's called writing. Uh, <laughs> for example, everyone knows that students are sorted into the four houses of Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry based on their personalities, but did you know the house colors have a deeper meaning? The four Hogwarts houses have a loose association with the four elements and their colors. (laughs) Do they? (laughs) Well, this is what it says. There's no link, but it does say Rowling wrote on the official Pottermore site. Gryffindor red and gold is connected to fire. Slytherin green and silver is connected to water. Okay, let's. (laughs) What? JK, have you seen water before? I know that the ocean can look green, like depending where you're, but green and silver. What? There's there's a blue house. Sea foam green. Ah, Hufflepuff, yellow and black, representing wheat and soil. Does it? 
I love I love my completely yellow wheat and my completely black soil uh, and Ravenclaw blue and bronze sky and eagle feathers. To my, air. my 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 favorite element is eagle feathers. Um, this just just fuck me right up. I <laughs> I'm so sad there's not a link because I you know we've encountered this elements thing many many times Mm -hmm. and there's never been like a source for it this this says jk wrote that but there's no link could it have been on old pottermore is that where it came from Hmm, that's oh that's a good point it could be from old pottermore uh because it yeah because it says she wrote it on pottermore there's no link but i i don't uh so so here's the thing is this there's two possibilities here and I, and I can't because the fandom has run with this, right? Like this is reported on, on yeah. the like wiki and all of that, but there it's not like, I can't find where it came from. Right. Um, and on the one hand, if like JK Rowling is like sitting down and she's got a scratch paper and is like trying to figure out the Hogwarts houses, it is like totally reasonable for like from a, this is writing perspective to be like, Oh yeah, it's kind of like the four elements. Right. Mm-hmm. that is different from saying like canonically there are elemental Literally. powers in harry potter right yeah that's that's never come up in the story uh uh that would be a that would be a quite a big deal i think if it mattered but uh, yeah that, that never that never comes up <sighs> number two harry has two contrasting father figures i don't even know where to begin with this one Colors also come into play with our orphaned Harry's father figures in Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. <laughs> you're you're already setting off with the colors. You're already. Ah, uh, yeah. Rubius or Red Hagrid and Albus or White Dumbledore. Wait, those weren't even the characters I was going to guess. What? I don't think Hagrid is a Neither, father figure. I don't think either of them are father figures to Harry. No, no. Rowling points out that red and white are complementary colors in the mystical science of alchemy and represent different stages of spiritual transformation. Where my two characters were concerned, I named them for the alchemical colors to convey their opposing but complementary natures. Red meaning passion, white for uh, asceticism, uh, Hagrid being the earthy, warm, physical man, lord of the forest. Okay, Hagrid is not lord of the forest. (laughs) Ah, the lord of the forest. No, Tom Felton is lord of the forest. Lord of the forest? (laughs) He lives there. Uh, Dumbledore, the spiritual theoretician, brilliant, idealized, and somewhat detached, she wrote on Pottermore. Again, this is another Pottermore with no link where I desperately want to know where this comes from. Each is a necessary counterpoint to the other as Harry seeks father figures in his new world. So wait, so she even thinks, according to this, that, 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 that Hagrid is a father figure. Hagrid is a shitty father figure, if that's the case. I was trying to figure out who the two opposing father figures were, and all I could come up with were like Sirius and Arthur Weasley. Yeah, I was going to say I don't, Lupin I don't, and, and Lupin, like... I guess. I don't think that Hagrid or Dumbledore really fulfill like a like a paternal role in Harry's life. No, absolutely not. Okay, moving on from colors, uh, we're on to mm. names. Reveal who or what people really are. Serious dog brain. Serious dog brain. Uh, several of Rowling's characters have hidden meanings, and in many cases, if you know what they are, you can uncover the plot. For example, in Prisoner of Azkaban, beloved teacher Remus Lupin is discovered to be a werewolf. <laughs> 
and Harry's godfather, Sirius Black, is revealed to transform into a dog. Only diehard fans know this. Only, only, do, only real fans know this. Remus's name refers to the Roman myth of Romulus and Remus, two brothers who were raised by wolves, and Lupin comes from the Latin word uh, Lupinus, meaning wolfish. Uh, Sirius, on the other hand, his name is the name of the dog star, the dog brain in, in astronomy, part of the Canis, i.e. canine, major constellation. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Reader's Digest. Um, worm tail is like how a rat has a tail uh, and it doesn't have hair on it, so it kind of looks like a worm. <laughs> Do you get it? <laughs> Damn, that's crazy. Lupin's condition is a metaphor for HIV. Speaking of Lupin, Rowling revealed a deeper layer to his werewolf disease. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, I got the werewolf disease! Fuck! Uh, And the secrecy surrounding it. Remus Lupin's affliction was a conscious reference to bloodborne diseases such as the HIV infection with the attendant stigma. Okay, so these are all direct Rowling quotes, and I feel like we really need to find these because she says some real dumb shit about her books, huh? Uh, the potion Snape brews him is akin to the antiretroviral that will keep him from developing the full-blown version of it. No, don't say full-blown. That's not <sighs> all right. I can't tell if this is Reader's Digest editorializing. No, that's in quotes. No way, really. That's in quotes. That that is in quotes. Ah. <sighs> Uh, unfortunately, the discrimination Lupin unfairly faces with his condition is made public. It's the reason he has to leave Hogwarts. The sense of apartness that the management of a chronic condition can impose on the sufferers was an important part of Lupin's character, Rowling wrote. In the Prisoner of Azkaban movie, the, the, uh, uh, the filmmakers wanted to present Lupin's condition as an illness, so he appeared pallid, unwell, and sad. I think that's just called character design. Mm. It's, not, it's not a secret. Oh, boy. JK. Yikes. Uh, names also reveal the character's true natures. Stretching this name thing out a little bit, I think. Mm, uh, yeah. Some characters' names give readers clues to their hidden motivations and feelings. J.K. Rowling is proficient in French, and that shows in her naming of Draco Malfoy and Voldemort. In French, Malfoy means bad faith. Bad dragon. Bad dragon. <laughs> <laughs> Fitting for a character whose family follows the evil wizard, he who must not be named. Uh, Voldemort's name comes from the French French Voldemort, or Flight of Death, which makes sense as he fears dying and does everything in his power to gain immortality. Of course, as Chamber of Secrets reveals, I am Lord Voldemort is also an anagram of the Dark Lord's original name, Tom Marvolo Riddle. Rowling assures fans she has no anti-French feelings in naming Voldemort. I needed a name. <laughs> I needed a name that evokes power and exoticism. She said while receiving the French Legion of Honor. Fun fact: in accordance with French pr- pronunciation, Rowling revealed that the last T in Voldemort is silent, meaning we've been saying it wrong all these years. I can't believe some of these quotes. I refuse. Rowling assured fans she had no anti-French feelings. It's <laughs> really worried about that. Oh my god. Uh, Hedwig symbolizes the comforts of childhood. Uh, although Rowling herself hasn't elaborated on the meaning behind Harry's pet owl. What meaning? He has a pet owl. Behind, I love the meaning behind pet owls. <laughs> uh, the Catholic saint, Saint Hedwig, has several children and took care of orphans. Uh, who does this sound like? Harry's best friend, Ron's mother, Mrs. Weasley. So that's not Hedwig, then, is it? I'm gonna die. This is going to kill me. <laughs> 
Uh, Hedwig the Owl likewise cared for Harry. In Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, he said she was the only friend he had at number four, Privet Drive. And perhaps that's why fans were so saddened when she was killed in Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. The loss of Hedwig represented a loss of innocence and security, Rowling said. Voldemort killing her marked the end of childhood. Uh, with meanings this deep, it's no wonder Harry Potter is one of the ten young adult novels grown-ups secretly love. I don't think grown-ups secretly love Harry Potter. Yet again, I'm stunned by all of these characters, these facts, <laughs> these themes, and these symbols in Harry Potter. I don't think any other book series has this density of facts, themes, and symbols. No, no book has united all three into one, uh, one story. <laughs> Dementors personify depression. The soul-stealing Dementors, creatures that suck hope and happiness out of anyone they're near, first appear in Prisoner of Azkaban. According to Rowling, they're a physical manifestation of what it's like to experience depression. It's so difficult to describe depression to somebody who's never been there, because it's not sadness, Rowling said in an interview with Oprah Winfrey. I know sadness. Sadness is to cry and to feel. But it's that cold absence of feeling, that really hollowed-out feeling. That's what Dementors are. For Harry, the Dementors also cause him to relive the trauma of his mother's death at the hand of Voldemort. When Dementors are near, he hears her screams. If you're going through difficult times, these J.K. Rowling quotes can help you motivate you, help motivate you through any slump. And it links to, oh, it links to a, oh, ooh, I didn't even see this. Another Reader's Digest article that we will have to read in another episode. J.K. Rowling quotes to motivate you through any slump. That's so helpful. That's so beautiful. Yeah. Next time we're going through a slump, we should send each other some JK Rowling quotes. That's exactly what we need. Yeah. Harry bears a resemblance to another <laughs> chosen one. His what? Beth, Dobby? Can, <laughs> can you guess? Can you guess who the other chosen one Harry is like? Like in Harry Potter? Mm, I'm not saying. Um Luke Skywalker. Yes, perfect. A sword with magical powers that can only be summoned by a special someone. Nope, we're uh, not talking about the legendary Luke Skywalker. No, I'm just Oh my kidding. god. Uh, no, the legendary <laughs> King Arthur's Excalibur, but the sword of Gryffindor. If Harry's sword bears resemblance to Excalibur, though, does that mean Harry is King Arthur? Arthur, after all, was also an Orthran from humble beginnings who has chosen to possess a powerful sword and become a leader. Not to mention Dumbledore could be Arthur's wizard mentor, Merlin. No, because Merlin exists in the book. Uh, and Hogwarts could be Camelot. No, it couldn't. Uh, Not to mention sword. Arthur Weasley. <laughs> Not to mention His Arthur. name is Arthur. King Arthur Weasley. Uh, uh, Gryffindor's sword owes something to the legend of Excalibur, the sword of King Arthur, which is in some legends can be drawn from a stone by the rightful king, Rowling said on Pottermore. The idea of fitness to carry the sword is echoed in the sword of Gryffindor's return to worthy members of its true owner's house. Rowling included another intentional throwback to the Arthurian legend. There is further allusion to Excalibur emerging from the lake when Harry must dive into a frozen forest pool to retrieve it in Deathly Hallows. She says, in other versions of the legend, Excalibur was given to Arthur by the Lady of the Lake and was returned to the lake when he died. <laughs> um, do you think Excalibur has um, the, the Gryffindor, or rather the Harry Potter font? On it, it just says Arthur it in says... the Harry Potter font. No, does it say Excalibur in the Harry Potter font? Just oh, on the blade. So fucking good if it did. That's <laughs> that's what I choose to believe now for sure. All right, uh, I need to take a deep breath before I run into this one. Oh God. <sighs> Bathrooms are another kind of room of requirement. <laughs> Rowling uh -huh. hasn't, hasn't revealed exactly why this is, but bathrooms are really, really important to the Harry Potter books. Nearly everyone has a major <laughs> scene taking place in the loo, as the British call it. The troll fight in Sorcerer's Stone, the home of Ghost Moaning Myrtle, and the entrance <laughs> to the Chamber of Secrets. 
Harry solving a Triwizard Clue in the bathtub. Harry's wand battle with Draco in Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Harry has a wand battle with Draco in the bathroom. Ah. This, this post is a love letter to all of the posts on Reddit that are like, hey, anyone ever noticed that Harry never showers in, <laughs> in the book? Yeah. Uh, plus one of the first hints of the hidden room of requirement which changes to fit the seeker's needs is Dumbledore mentioning coming across a room full of chamber pots when he had to go to the bathroom and gobble to fire perhaps this potty preoccupation exists because before bathrooms wizards apparently went wherever they please cleaning it up with a flick of the <laughs> wand Hogwarts didn't always have bathrooms revealed Pottermore in a tweet that caused a fan frenzy before adopting muggle plumbing methods witches and wizards simply relieve themselves wherever they stood and vanished the evidence I don't, I don't have i don't have any re- reaction to that no That's... i'm just mm, just deadened i guess i'm depressed i need some jk rowling quotes <laughs> i'm in a slump snape's first words to harry were about his mother as pottermore explains the harry potter books often enjoy floriography or conveying meaning through flowers a pastime popular with the victorians so the first words cold Professor Snape says to Harry in Sorcerer's Stone, what would I get if I added powdered root of asphodel to an infusion of wormwood, aren't just a way to humiliate Harry by asking him about a potion he hasn't learned yet. Asphodel is a type of lily. You know, you know what the fuck this is talking about. Is, is, is this true? I, I, I yes, feel like that's I a think, hat. I th- I think so. But like, again, this is like, this is the, um, where the fandom wiki likes to blur the line between like a cute Easter egg that is just like a wink and a nod to the reader, if you know. And then, but this other idea that it's like canonically Snape is, is saying this as like a a deliberate, right. Which I, I feel like this is just like a cute, a cute little writing thing yeah. for anyone that can notice and probably has no actual bearing on it would the story. be very funny if like like before snape uh, uh you know like had his his big reveal or whatever he got really pissed at harry and was like like you're a fucking idiot i told you a long time ago exactly what the deal was i was apologizing to you asshole <laughs> like, actually actually i'm actually reversing my opinion 100 i'm taking i'm taking a full 180 here um i think that while snape was workshopping his potions uh word puzzle he just also he just like decided that was a big hobby of his and so he worked out some other ones to try out in his day-to-day life <laughs> yeah what would they yeah. be that that's the one he 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 gave that's harry the harry the like, word, word puzzle because he, he like the made the potions puzzle over the summer oh that's but just, true but then he just like wrote some other ones on the side yeah. to just like try He's, out in the classroom yeah he just loves he, he snape mm, doing some more character development snape uh has a you know when he's off for the holidays he actually has a has a twitch stream and he's one of those twitch streamers that solves those like giant like 16 by 16 rubik's cubes oh yeah he doesn't say anything he doesn't say anything he just like solves these cubes and 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 and, and posts that he, he's going for a record uh we're very supportive of, of his uh his cubing hobby yeah, I mean, I, I think that maybe like Harry didn't pick up on his his word puzzle, uh, and maybe maybe that's why there was so much animosity. Like that just kind of hurt his feelings a little bit because he yeah, worked yeah, he worked on that all summer. Yeah, <laughs> seven is the most powerful number in numerology. <sighs> numbers have mystical meaning. 
as mm. they do in Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Lucky number seven, for example, pops up everywhere. Seven Potter books, seven children in the Weasley family, seven players on a Quidditch team, seven leaders at Hogwarts, seven Horcruxes containing pieces of soul, and more. In Hogwarts lore, a 13th century witch named Bridget Wenlock was the first to discover the magical properties of seven. <laughs> hey, everybody, come check it out. I figured out a good number. It's seven. This is why none of them have any spells. There's no alarm spell. It's like, I discovered the number seven. What'd you discover, Snape? Uh, sword. Sword. Sword <laughs> and and also uh, flower puzzles. <laughs> Another number that pops up often, the Trinity, or number three. Three Deathly Hallows, three Unforgivable Curses, the Three-Headed Dog, three Tasks, and three Schools in the Triwizard Tournament and the core trio of Harry, Ron, and Hermione. That's true. All right. This one I'm going to get to flex on. Sure. Uh, this this one was written for me. Wizards like Starbucks? The books aren't the only place secret messages turn up. Look closely in the Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix film and you'll see what looks like a Starbucks logo in the Black Family Tapestry at Sirius's former home and current Order of the Phoenix safe house 12 Grimald Place. Check it out at the bottom left side of this tapestry in this photo on Pottermore. Now this one does have a link. Uh, could the filmmakers be paying homage to the coffee shops where J.K. Rowling wrote the early books? In truth, Rowling's favorite Edinburgh, uh, uh, favorite Edinburgh's, wait, this sentence is all fucked up. Okay, well, she, she, okay, it says she likes the Elephant House coffee house, not Starbucks, and the spot to craft her tables. Uh, one of the offbeat places where the most famous book was written. Perhaps the tapestry's creators at graphic design firm Mina Lima were just in really need, really in need of caffeine. Okay, so you open this link to the the shot of the movie where you can see what is purported to be the Starbucks logo. Mm -hmm. And it's you you look, I open up the picture. I'm like, this is interesting. What could this be? And I open it up and it is a mermaid with two tails wearing a wearing a crown. Sure. I hate to bust on Reader's Digest here, but uh, uh, that is not the Starbucks logo. That is Melusine. That is a famous medieval folktale uh, that the Starbucks logo is based on. Uh, she is one of my favorite. This is I, I'm 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 into this just because like this is one of like my favorite weird medieval stories. Uh, uh, Melusine is a is a woman that you know in, in various versions of the story, like a, a count or a, a, you know, a king, a nobleman will go out in the woods hunting or whatever, and he'll come across this beautiful woman in the river. Um, and you know, she's so beautiful and he, you know, he begs her to marry him. Uh, and then what happens is she agrees, but she says, I will marry you, but on, under one condition, you must never, uh, enter my private chambers while I am bathing. Mm, uh, mm-hmm. and, and it turns out that he, he just can't resist because, you know, she's, she's like made this rule. She, he can't help breaking it. She sure. looks in through the door at her bathing and she has in the water, she has uh, uh, two like serpent legs. Uh, then what happens is the coolest shit is she she sees him and then turns into a dragon and flies away. Uh, and, and that's the story. Uh, she's the original monster wife. Mm, so kind of uh, like an homage to Starbucks story. <laughs> kind of like an homage to starbucks uh but no so so sorry readers digest but i guess i just read a little bit more than you right right but but you know like she, she he sees the serpent serpent legs and and she flies away he's ruined his marriage but but uh like left behind is one of those uh caramel straw caramel frappuccinos 
<laughs> oh god um uh maybe maybe when they uh accidentally left the coffee cup on game of thrones it was there in front of uh uh, uh daenerys because she's the mother of dragons so actually it wasn't a mistake it was an easter egg that's that's wonderful um yeah everyone's, is that a fact or a symbol or a theme do you think Ooh, uh or a character uh, i'm gonna go with all of them that's all of those amazing <laughs> there's a secret daily prophet character the cheeky artists at Mina Lima didn't stop there. Their subliminal advertising for a wizard perfume called Divine Magic and the Half-Blood Prince and the Harry Potter spin-off Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them movies. But perhaps the designer's boldest move is the creation of a whole new character who appears in the Daily Prophet and New York Ghost newspapers through which the Harry Potter and Fantastic throughout the Harry Potter and Fantastic Beasts movies. A mischievous criminal called the Ginger Witch. This I have actually not heard anything about. Could this be a long-lost relative of the red-haired Weasley clan? Uh, according to Mina Lima's Eduardo Lima, she's based on a friend of theirs named Debbie. So no, I guess is the answer. They put it's their friend Mafalda. in the movie. <gasps> oh, Mafalda, she's finally here. That's that's blessed. All right, here's the last one. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Mirrors are the window to the soul. Uh-huh. Even in the Muggle world, mirrors seem enchanted, but they take on an even greater significance in the wizarding world, reflect reflecting crucial truths about the characters. First in Sorcerer's Stone, Harry becomes entranced by the image of himself with his parents in the Mirror of Erised, desire spelled backwards. But the lesson in the mirror represents, Rowling says, that life can pass you by while you are clinging to a wish that can never be. In Goblet of Fire, Harry comes across a faux glass, which reveals your enemies. Then, in Order of the Phoenix, Siri gives Harry as a two-way mirror for uh, for them to communicate only to meet his death soon after but even after harry shatters the mirror in frustration he can see an eye staring back at him in a shard harry later discovers it's aberforth dumbledore's brother who helps him helps him to safety using the mirror in deathly hallows if you can pick up on these meanings already try our harry potter quiz that only diehard fans can ace which i think is something we might have to try later yeah i i'm feeling very confident after that um after those bullet points of things only diehard fans would know that's true well and, and just just so you know that's not quite the end of the article because then there's a lot of links to buy harry potter products uh and oh perfect it says, every product is independently selected by our editors if you buy something through our links we may earn an affiliate commission so if hey if you want to help readers digest out they're a small publication you know <laughs> uh why don't you go check out this article and click some of those those affiliate links wonderful <laughs> Well, that's all I had from that. I, uh, I I just couldn't believe that that got published today. That was a brand new article. Yeah, that's really incredible. The hidden meanings in Harry Potter. All right. Well, um, it's probably time for us to take this to a close, huh? Sounds good. Yeah, our theme song is Hot McGonagall by Cheshire Moon. Huge thanks to them, as always, for letting us use that as our theme song. You can check them out on Bandcamp. Uh, you can check us out on patreon.com slash shriekcast. Uh, we have a lot of cool bonus content for you there. We got bonus episodes. Uh, we're getting into some gaming content again soon. Uh, we've got movie reviews, book reviews, uh, us talking about e we're talking about E3 today. Uh, so you know, no one else is doing that. Uh, we thought that might be kind of unique. Um, uh, and uh, Liz, what are we reading next week? That is a good question. Next week, um, we will be reading. Uh, chapter 23, Christmas on the Closed Ward. Ooh. I, I gave us like a false Lockhart alarm last yeah. week because I forgot how long this St. Mungo's um, 
little intermission is um yeah so we're probably getting him at christmas so it's even sadder and i'll be uh, even more yeah i think yeah i think so i think so well i think it's time we killed umbridge what do you say yeah let's do it this is number number 15 uh force her to copy a dictionary or another very long book with her horrible green quill if she's still alive by the end make her do it again that's brutal that's brutal uh flute piano says oh my god freaking merlin sweet nemu that's amazing what's nemu what's nemu i don't know what nemu is i don't know uh, I'm, I'm, I'll probably have to look that up uh, in, a, in a book of some sort. So please join me by reading another book. Please read another book. If you go into the dream, but there's a lady there, makes ocean raw seem tame. Better know what you're after if you catch a eye. Cause this hot mama is just a cat in disguise.